welcome back to this campaign that we have been in where we have been talking about abide, how to abide in Christ and Christ in us. And over the last few sessions, Pastor Mike has been talking about the toolbox of prayer and he's just been teaching us how we can utilize the tools to enhance and make us have a more efficient and effective prayer life and then consequently make us understand how we better abide in Christ and Christ in us. And so all I want to do today is I want to carry on this analogy of the toolbox of prayer because I think it's pretty cool and if you missed last week's session can I encourage you to go and watch on catch up because Mike talked about this tool the paintbrush where he talked about creativity in our prayer and you know even if you're not someone that considers themselves very artistic honestly this message will still encourage you and so go and watch it if you can and then what I want to do in this session is draw out another piece another tool in the toolbox of prayer and this week I want to look at this the spirit level and I want to use the spirit level to help me illustrate the tool that is the Holy Spirit now, spirit levels are a foundational household staple in our toolkits. Well, they should be anyway, for they're not. I found out our spirit level is just a little plastic thing. I think I got free of a cereal box or something. But it's not only a household staple, but it is the foundational first step in most of our DIY jobs. Because a spirit level levels, it measures, it aligns things before we start drilling and hammering. And if you like me, sometimes I skip this step. I've got many pictures that are up in my house that are a bit wonky and they're not aligned and I don't know if you've ever walked into a room but when something's off center it throws the whole room off and sometimes when things aren't lined up properly it can really grate on some people and sometimes it's the same in our prayer life Sometimes when we haven't got the foundational undercurrent of the Holy Spirit in our prayer lives, it can really become quite wearing. Sometimes our prayer life can grate on us. And I want to encourage us that all we probably need to think about doing is utilising and investing in more the gift and the tool that is the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, when I started to do a bit of a Google about the spirit level, because believe it or not, this isn't my forte, what I learned really quickly is that spirit levels come in all different shapes and sizes and there's different types of spirit levels. There's ones for carpentry, there's ones for conveying, surveying and all that jazz. And there's even um, spirit level, this is what I've learned, that the same science and maths that went into a spirit level is the same kind of thing that helped us measure the angles to help make rocket ships that take our astronauts into space. That is the potential that is in a spirit level. I had no idea that a spirit level could go to that length and that, those wonders. And it's the same as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us, if you're a Christian. It is dwelling in our homes. But how much we utilise it and how much potential we get out of it is really down to you and I. And so let's have a little look at some of the helpful things I've learned about spirit, spirit levels that help us understand a bit better the Holy Spirit. First of all, when I was reading about it, it is a really good idea that when you get a spirit level to really research and invest in the type that you need. And you know, high quality spirit levels tend to have some qualities about them that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to elaborate on now. So 
first thing to understand is I think the vials tend to be the most important piece of the spirit level. They're the little bits on the end and in the middle. And in the vials, there is a liquid. In the olden days, the Romans used to just use an old bottle of water to measure out whatever they were working on. And water can produce quite a lot of bubbles that can create some confusion. Nowadays, we use alcohol, spirits. We use colorant to help us see that bubble in the middle that helps us measure whatever it is we're measuring. And the best quality spirit levels I think I've learned, they come in oil. The liquid inside of them is oil. It's really interesting because the Bible actually speaks a lot about the um, Holy Spirit being like this anointing oil. Here's some benefits of this quality, this particular type of oil that is used in some really good spirit levels. These are some of the things that it does. For instance, the oil enables this freedom of movement for the bubble that helps you get the most accurate reading. And that's just like the Holy Spirit. One of the biggest misconceptions of the Holy Spirit is that it possesses you, it controls you, it dictates your life so you don't have a fun life when actually that couldn't be further from the truth. That's the complete opposite of the Holy Spirit's function in your life. In fact, when the Holy Spirit is in your life and when you are moving in the Holy Spirit, you have the best freedom of movement that mankind has ever known. That is how great the Holy Spirit is. It's not restrictive. It's not possessive. And also this other great thing about the oil is this oil, special type of oil they use, it's shock resistant. So when you drop it, or when it's in environments where the heat is blazing hot or where it's cold and uncomfortable or there's like UV light, UVA lights or something like that, all of those things can dictate the accuracy of the reading. But this special type of oil is what is called a shock resistant. So it helps against all those things, even in the midst of those environments or being, you know, dropped down on the floor. All of those things that can still be resistant and give you an accurate reading. And that is just like the Holy Spirit. It's like a shock resistant to our lives whenever we're going through the flames, wherever we're being dropped to the floor, whenever it's just feeling uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit is like this anesthetic. It's like this softener. It's like this shock resistor, helping us in those seasons of adversity. The other thing that I learned is that this big bubble here has a magnifier and some good quality spirit levels and the magnifier helps you see that bubble bigger and it also has reflectors in there to help you see even when the environment is dim or darker again just like the holy spirit the holy spirit is a magnifier helps us see god more clearly helps magnify our jesus helps magnify his goodness helps magnify magnify the truth when the settings seem dim and when we're walking around in darkness the holy spirit is like a light it's like um light in the darkness it is showing up and being magnified and a reflector when our surroundings are dim and then second before last, a good quality spirit level will have high sensitivity. I learned that when you're doing a big project or a project that needs a lot of precision in the measurements, you need a high sensitivity spirit level. And you know what? When we're praying for big stuff, 
when we need more precision, we need a high sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. Sensitivity is not weakness. Sensitivity isn't just emotional. In fact, having a high sensitivity in the Holy Spirit enabled us to feel what the Lord feels, helps us to feel what grieves him, what overjoys him, what pleases him, all of those things. It's good to have a high sensitivity in the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, spirit levels that are good, they have these attachments on the end called NCAPs. And then capped is for extra protection for when it is dropped. And the Holy Spirit is just like that. It's like a protective seal over our lives, giving us peace, security as we move and travel throughout our lives. So now we've looked at a couple of things that help illustrate the Holy Spirit, just like the spirit level. I want to just in these next few moments explain to us two ways that we can enhance our prayer life with the Holy Spirit. And here they are. Firstly, I want to talk about how we can pray with the Spirit and how we can pray in the Spirit. Two things. Let's focus first on praying with the Spirit. Firstly, when we pray, prayer was always meant to be a two-way dialogue. Prayer was always meant to be us talking to God and God talking back to us. And sometimes we can get out of balance with those things and have too much of one or the other. You see, right now in this season, there is a lot of noise going on. There's a lot of intercession. There's a lot of um, questions going on, a lot of petition. And sometimes I felt a little bit like my prayer life have got, has gone a bit like this, where I'm talking at God a lot and there's not a lot of listening happening. And prayer is supposed to be talking with God and him talking back, talking to God and listening to God, petitioning and praying to God and hearing for the solutions and hearing for the answers. It's supposed to be a good Balance, And so I wonder, could we do a little stop check and see if we are in alignment in our prayer life? Have we got the Holy Spirit balance with talking to God and hearing from God? And so that's what look, it looks like to pray with the Spirit. Don't just pray on your own. Even if you're praying in a prayer meeting and praying with people, you're praying on your own if you're not praying with the Holy Spirit, talking and listening, listening and talking. And so a few things that I think Stand in the way of God's people hearing his voice is this question. But how do I know that God is speaking? Or how do I know that I've heard from the Lord? And so I've just got four things, four quick tips that have helped me personally in my prayer life with hearing from God. And they have helped give me this confidence. So let's go through them. They're all four C's to help you remember. The first one is this, how you can hear, how you can be sure you're hearing from God. Number one be confident. Just be confident. Be confident in knowing that God wants to speak to you. Not only does he want to speak to you, he is already speaking. He hears every one of your prayers and he talks to us all the time. I remember I first heard God when I was 13 years old. But I have to wonder whether that was not the first time God spoke to me, spoke to me, but maybe the first time that I'd actually listened. See, God is always talking, but are we listening? And so I want us to know and be confident in the knowing that not only is God speaking to us and wanting to speak to us, he's speaking all the time. The earth speaks of his wonders. And um, another way that we can 
just be confident is that we just know, just know that God is crazy about conversation. He loves words. He loves language. He loves talking. He loves words so much that he called himself the word. He loves words and conversation so much that he filled a book full of words. So just be confident. Know that God wants to speak. And then you'll be really confident that you're hearing him when he does speak. And it will eliminate that question of how do I know God wants to speak to me? Or how do I know he is speaking to me? If you just be confident. Second C is this. You'll know that God is speaking because it will correlate. It will correlate with his written word. It won't be in conflict or contradict the written word. And I'm not saying that God only speaks to you in the way of scriptures. He doesn't just download scriptures to you, though sometimes he will speak to you through scriptures in your mind or in the written words. But sometimes God just speaks to you in your normal slang or your normal language or just through different things around your day but what I mean by saying it correlates is that for instance you know it's a good guide you'll know that if God's speaking um, by the context for example here's just an easy example if God was or if you were to have this voice in your head that was saying well you're really rubbish and you don't really deserve that and you know you're you don't look really great and you're not really going to amount to anything. You know straight away that that is not only in contradiction to God's word, but it's complete conflict of God's word. Because actually, we know that God's word says that I am wonderfully and fearfully made and we are made in Christ's image. And so that's just a clear example of how when God's speaking, it's not going to contradict. It will correlate with his word. And then, Thirdly, third C, we know God's speaking to us because he'll confirm it. It will get confirmed. I just want to be clear as well. Confirmation doesn't always come in these great grand versions of confirmation. For example, we don't have to wait until the minister calls us out in a congregation and says, God is saying this to you. We don't have to wait for an angelic visitation before we've got confirmation that God is saying something. We don't have to wait for a prophecy to know God is saying something. In fact, prophecy is only meant to confirm what God has already said to you but God is speaking all the time God is confirming to you all the time just in some of the little ways as you're walking about your day and you look at the nature or you see something on tv or you see something in a book or you see something in your in your devotion or you hear something in a song or you hear something on the radio or you'll see a sign as you're driving that there'll be maybe little confirmations especially if you ask him say God we just confirm this I think you're saying this to me and he will show you some confirmation maybe you know just in the day-to-day but maybe there are some big words from God that are a bit more directional that require a lot of action like I don't know you feel like God's telling you to move to Antarctica it's probably then when you need a bit more confirmation like you probably need to go to your mentor or someone that's a little bit further in the Jesus journey than you and ask for them to weigh up that word for you or especially if you feel like you've got a word for someone else so that's going beyond yourself you might need a bit more weighing of confirmation but usually in the day-to-day there's confirmation all around us we have to wait for these grand gestures of confirmation and then fourthly another great way that we can be clear and sure that God is speaking is that it will be concrete in other words it will not go away it will stay it will be a solid word so for example if I say one week oh, I think God's calling me into this area of ministry um, 
you know, if the next week I'm like, actually, you know, I think it's this area of, of business or whatever, then you can probably sense that maybe God wasn't speaking to you because it will stay. It won't leave you or keep coming back to mind. It will keep showing up. Sometimes this has happened when I've been out of alignment with God, when I've been out of step with the Holy Spirit and he's kept telling me something. Sometimes we can numb the voice of God when we don't want to do something that he's saying or we don't want to hear him, but it won't go away. It will still keep coming up. And so there's just some four helpful tips that have helped me. Hopefully they help you in discerning the voice of God. So first it would be confident. The voice of God will always correlate with his word. It will be confirmed in the small and sometimes the big and also it's concrete. So hopefully, Lord, I just pray this week that your people will hear a fresh voice, fresh wind of your voice this week. They go about your day in the big and in the small. Would you help our ears to be tuned to your voice in Jesus name? Amen. And then finally, what I want to touch on is now that we've talked about praying with the Holy Spirit, I want to talk about praying in the Spirit. I want to talk about praying with the gift of tongues or speaking in gossalalia, which I think is the right term for speaking in tongues. It's a heavenly language that God has gifted to us by his Holy Spirit. And you know, sometimes in the church, this can be quite a controversial subject, even for us as Christians, but even more so, that's why we need to talk about it because I don't want anyone, anyone especially in my church to be robbed of something that is beneficial because it seemed like something that was potentially a bit weird. I want to just say loud and clear, you know, there's nothing weird about speaking in tongues. In fact, speaking in tongues is probably one of the smartest moves that I could have been obedient to in my walk with Jesus because speaking in tongues, even though it is beyond our intellect, we don't understand it and to the modern ear it could just sound like a baby babbling. It has got so much power in it that is beyond our understanding and that's so often the same with anything that is spiritual. We don't always conceive or understand it completely. We don't always get it but our spirit does. We have an inner spirit man that gets it and sometimes our physical man can stand in the way of that because it doesn't compute in our minds. But actually if you see it like this, it's pretty simple. In other countries, we expect people to have a mother tongue. We expect for people to speak different languages. However, when we shift it to a different dimension, some, for some reason, it seems odd that there would be a language in a different dimension. In heaven, there is a language. And God beloved us so much that he went, here you go. I want you to have a snippet, even though you won't be able to understand it because you're like a baby, but I want you to be able to have the ability to speak heaven's language. And I think it's incredible. I used to feel a bit cringe by the term speaking in tongues. Um, I used to, when I was a kid, it used to make me cringe when maybe hearing people around the church speak in tongues. But I think God just really helped shape me up and went, you know what? We call it speaking in tongues because like everyone, they have a mother tongue, but this is the father's tongue. And this is the tongue above every tongue. That's why it's called speaking in tongues. There's no other tongue like it. And so I just want to highlight three major kind of benefits of speaking in the spirit or singing in the spirit, praying in the spirit. And here they are. The first one is this. If there wasn't any other reason than this, this would be enough. The first of all, speaking in the spirit is a biblical blessing for his beloved. First of all, 
Speaking in tongues is biblical. We have that beautiful picture in the Church of Acts where the Holy Spirit fire and wind fell on God's people and they began to speak in other tongues. And it was, it just sounds like so creative. And it is. And the other reason, if there wasn't any other reason, is this. It's that it's a gift from God. It's a blessing from God. And I know in the natural, we can get gifts from people and think, well, we don't really need it. But actually any gift that God wants to bestow on my head because he thinks I'm his beloved, I better see it worthwhile because I don't want to leave untouched any gift that God gives to me. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to take this viewpoint that, well, actually, it's probably not for today or it's probably not got a use. You've got to think that any gift that God thought was worthy of giving to you has got purpose and got a use. And it says this beautiful verse in Jude 2020. It says, you, my beloved, building yourself up in the most holy of faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It starts off by saying, you, my beloved, he gifted this to you because you are his beloved. And you know what? Anything he gives to me, I want to utilize. And so if that wasn't any good reason enough, here's another reason for you. Number two, there's going to be a lot of alliteration here. Another reason that speaking in the spirit is a beneficial thing is because it encourages it exercises you and it edifies you. I think it is in 1 Corinthians 14, 4 that it says that the speaking in tongues edifies you. And I know that the Apostle Paul says at this point, but it'd be better for you to prophesy because then that edifies the church. But actually all that Paul was pulling out here is to say that speaking in tongues was something that was for you and God. It wasn't for man's ears. It was for God's ears. And that's not to say that we can't speak in tongues in public settings, not at all. But what it's saying is that Prophecy, speaking in the actual tongue of the congregation edifies the church, but speaking in heaven's language edifies yourself. It's between you and God. And then consequently, anything that edifies you edifies the church because you're part of the church. So this is an incredible encouragement that encourages your spirit and encourages and edifies you, your spirit man on the inside. And it exercises your spirit. We understand really clearly that our physical body needs exercise and our mind needs stimulating and needs exercise. But you know what? If all of that's aligned, it means nothing if our soul does not exercise. And one of the greatest tools to exercise our soul, believe it or not, is speaking in the spirit. I don't know how. I don't know how, but that's the great thing about the spirit. There's a lot of dimensions I just don't understand about my spirit, man. But speaking in tongues is a great exercise that helps us just submit and humble ourselves before God. And something on the inside is edified and exercised when we use and utilize speaking in the spirit. And then thirdly, if that wasn't enough, another benefit to speaking in tongues is this that it ceases our control. It ceases our control and centers us correctly. See, when we um, think about prayer, one of the first verses I brought to the church when we came into this campaign called Abides, I talked about 1 Thessalonians, I think it's 5.16, that says, pray without ceasing. That's how we abide in Christ continuously, pray without ceasing. I don't know if you've ever tried to pray all day, every day, it's tiring. Like they're not, there's not enough words to pray without ceasing. However, when you pray in the spirit, you 
cease control and you allow God and the Holy Spirit to help you out so that you can actually pray without ceasing. Don't try and pray without ceasing, without allowing the Holy Spirit from time to time to take over. It's like in our home learning with our kids. We are trying to teach them language. We're trying to teach them how to write. We'll show them, we'll demonstrate, but sometimes we'll just get involved for them and help write and speak on their behalf. And that's just like the Holy Spirit. When we get weary and we can't pray anymore, the Holy Spirit is there to help us out through the gift and the language of heaven. But what's more is that not only when we don't know, we don't feel like we've got enough energy to pray, to pray it's also a benefit from when we don't know what to pray. Sometimes we don't have the earthly words, but heaven does. We are dealing with spiritual stuff, and sometimes that needs a spiritual language in our intercession. And when I say that speaking in tongues helps us be centred correctly, sometimes the Spirit will pray and utter the words that we didn't even know we needed to pray. So the Holy Spirit at times will centre us by praying and moving mountains that we didn't even know were going to be a problem in the first place. I wonder how many times the church has prayed in the Spirit and taken down a mountain without even knowing it was going to be a problem in the first place. So that's how amazing the Holy Spirit is and how incredible speaking in the Spirit is. There was a study done a while back by a scientist and he wanted to watch the pictures on the brain when some Pentecostals were singing and then moved into singing and speaking in tongues. And what he saw on the brain, didn't see this when they were singing and worshipping, which we know how liberating and how much that builds up our spirit. But when they started to go into speaking and singing in tongues, he saw pictures on the brain that showed and demonstrated that the brain was loosening its control. Now, here's the thing. When we speak in tongues, God doesn't take control. It's not controlling us. Spirit doesn't control us. But also what happens is we don't take control either. It's like where God's control and our control meets. And what happens is there's a releasing of control. Because God doesn't force us. He doesn't move our mouths for us. We have to be in control of that bit. But when we're speaking the language of heaven, it's like a, a ceasing of control. It's like a releasing of control. And you know, when they watched the pictures, the scientists watched the pictures on the brain when people were meditating, it was the complete opposite. When you meditate, it's like you're in complete control. And so it's so liberating to know that when we speak in the spirit, God steps in for us in our prayer life. And I just want to pray right now for anyone that's listening for both those things, for an increase of praying with the spirit and praying in the spirit. And Lord, I pray right now, if there is anyone you're listening and you desire this week and you desire going forward to not pray anymore without the help of the Holy Spirit being the undercurrent, the spirit level in our prayer lives. I pray this week for divine ears to hear the word of God, to hear God speak to you so intimately that it will revive your prayer life. I pray right now for anyone that would like to receive the gift of speaking in a heavenly language, speaking with the gift of tongues. I pray right now that God, you will fill them with your Holy Spirit overflowing. And here's a few tips. If you want to speak in tongues, it might help you to get in the shower, be on your own house, go for a walk, something practical. See, it's not like over superstitious. You don't have to be superstitious with all this stuff. Just do something normal and just, you know, pray, God, I want to receive this gift for my life. So will you help me? And then what you need to do is you have to move your mouth. 
You have to move your tongue. You have to give God your breath and you have to make some babble. You have to do, and it's really help, helpful for helping you get away from your own opinions and what other people think. But you've got to give God your babble. It seems silly, but there's nothing silly about it before God. Give him your babble and allow him to take your utterances and allow him to develop in you the speaking of tongues. And like any language, you've got to keep practicing it. Keep taking opportunities to practice your spiritual language any chance that you get and let it just edify you let it edify you and watch things happen let your prayer life revive in a fresh new way i pray for people right now that for too long have not prayed in the spirit for too long have not heard the voice of god i pray that lord will be refreshed this week i hope that this message has inspired you and challenged you and all of god's people said amen church we love you and we cannot wait to be with you